Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, October 21st. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Our money is broken. And you know who broke it? Government. We were doomed the moment we let government control and define money. Here's a hard truth. We can't fix our economic problems without fixing our money. And we can't fix fiat currency because it is inherently flawed. We need sound money. And you know what is sound money? Gold and silver. I want to dig into the nature of money a little bit today and talk about why we don't have sound money and why we need it. But first, I want to touch on a little bit of inflation news you know, one of the inevitable consequences of this fiat monetary system. So you will be glad to know that the great economist, Whoopi Goldberg, has identified the root of our inflation problem. Now, actually, she was responding to Mike Conksel, who is the director of macroeconomic analysis at the Roosevelt Institute, who, based on what he's saying, doesn't seem to know much more about economics than Whoopi. But anyway, he's back on the greedy corporations caused inflation narrative, specifically corporate profits. That's what's causing our inflation problem. And Whoopi is mad that the media isn't reporting this. Now, listen to what she said. We got some help from the government to make sure we could pay our rent, take care of business. And now you all are raising the prices of stuff when you don't have to, when you have enough money to lower and still maintain what you got. I don't understand. Like, I don't like I don't understand. I don't understand why we have to say lower gas prices. You didn't have to raise them. You were what the hell? Now, Whoopi is right about one thing. She doesn't understand. She doesn't understand supply and demand. She doesn't understand that when we get some help from the government in the form of stimulus money that was printed out of thin air, that actually increased demand when supply was falling. That means prices were going to rise. It's economics. Increasing the money supply raises prices. More dollars chasing the same amount of goods and services, and during the pandemic, fewer goods and services because you know everybody was at home sitting on their butts playing Xbox instead of producing stuff, that means prices rise. And you know, baked into all of this is this stupid notion that corporations just willy-nilly raise prices because, well, they feel like it. I never have understood this. You know, people always bitch and moan about high gas prices, and they always talk about price gouging by the oil companies. But what about when prices go down? I mean, prices of gasoline have come down quite a bit over the last couple of months. Why exactly is that? Is it because oil companies suddenly got less greedy? No, it's because this whole idea is dumb. But here again, the actual culprit, the Federal Reserve, gets off scot-free. You know, that's the real crime committed by the media. It won't point its finger at the central bank. It just parrots all of these dumb excuses for inflation. Corporate greed, Putin's price hikes, supply chain issues, voodoo. Oh, wait, there isn't any inflation. It's transitory. 
I mean, it's every excuse in the book. But the Fed, the people who did this to you, those people, they're the heroes. They're out there saving us from the inflation dragon. But you know what's really sad? Way more people will listen to Whoopi Goldberg and gobble up this tripe than will listen to people who actually do understand what's going on. I mean, people like me, people like Peter Schiff, uh, you know, the folks over at the Mises Institute, uh, the, all these economic things, nobody listens to them. We're just out here shouting in the wind. But, you know, in one sense, I do get it, okay? People are upset. And, you know, people should be upset. They might not understand what caused inflation, but they do understand what it's doing to them. They may not understand why they're hurting, but they do understand that they're in pain. They are living the consequences of unrestrained money printing. And when the Fed's fix crashes the entire economy and precipitates another financial crisis, they're going to feel that pain even harder. Now, you know, every once in a while, you'll hear this narrative that, well, inflation isn't really that bad. You know, as old people like to fondly remember the old days, you know, it only cost 90 cents a gallon to buy gas and you could get a Coke for, what, 50 cents. But when you talk about stuff like that, people will be quick to remind you, and they're not wrong, that wages are a lot higher than they used to be back then as well. I mean, you know, I remember my first job working on a farm, I was making like four bucks an hour. So it is true Pay goes up with inflation over time. And in a sense, as people will often tell you, well, you know, it's just a wash. It kind of is if you go long enough forward. But that, first off, doesn't change what you're suffering today. Because the truth is, wage inflation never moves as fast as price inflation. Your wages never go up as fast as prices. Yes, eventually your wages will catch up to the inflation, but initially it doesn't. So right now, you're paying a lot more for everything, and while your wages are going up, they're not going up nearly as fast as prices. You see, today, right now, you are making more money than you did last year. That's true, but you can't buy as much stuff. According to the most recent Bureau of Labor Statistics data, real average hourly earnings for all employees, decreased by 0.1% from August to September. That actually reversed a couple of month-on-month wage gains. So um, July and August, we actually saw a little bit of real wage gain for the first time in a long time, at least month-on-month. Now, to put this into perspective, average hourly earnings, your absolute earnings, rose by 0.3%. From August to September. That means you got a 0.3% raise. Great, right? But the month-on-month CPI increase was 0.4% in that same period. So that ate up all of your increase and then some. Now, on an annual basis, you really start to see the impact. Real average hourly earnings decreased by 3% from September 2021 to September 2022. That was the 18th consecutive month of declining real wages on an annual basis. So what this means is that while you got a 5.2% raise over the last year, your purchasing power dropped 3%. In other words, 
you have more dollars in your pocket, but you can't buy as much with them. In effect, you got a 3% pay cut this year. Congratulations. And of course, it's worse than that because as I talk about often, the CPI formula is cooked and price inflation is much higher than advertised. If we were using an honest CPI, total real income is probably down more in the neighborhood of 10% from last year. That's the actual degradation of your purchasing power. And you all know this. If you have a budget, if you're buying stuff, if you're paying any attention to at all to how much money you're spending, you know this is true. You feel this. This is why people are angry. And this is why stupid stuff like Whoopi Goldberg, because so many people are watching Whoopi Goldberg. This stuff resonates. It's like, I feel the pain. This woman is explaining my pain. And I don't like corporations anyway, so that must be it. Because I'm certainly not understanding central banking and the Federal Reserve and, and all of this stuff. You know, econom- economists and pundits and government people, they talk about inflation as this academic exercise, you know, and blah, 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 inflation, CPI, blah, blah, blah. They rarely reflect on the fact that rising prices have real impacts on real people. And if you happen to be somebody who's living on you know, fixed incomes or you're trying to live off your savings, you're really screwed right now because inflation is rapidly eating away your purchasing power and your income streams aren't increasing at all. At least if you are earning wages, at least you get some boost uh, from, from inflation. But folks that are living on savings, fixed incomes, they ain't getting squat. So the bottom line is inflation always causes the most pain for the poor and the elderly. Now, here's the reality, Whoopi Goldberg's brilliant analysis aside. The Federal Reserve and the U.S. government are devaluing your money, and they're doing it as a matter of policy, and they think it's a good idea. I mean, they don't want inflation too terribly high, but 2%, oh yeah, that's good. We need to raise your cost of living 2% every year. 2%, that's the magic number. 2% inflation, that is good. It's healthy because... Because, well, because of the reasons. Ladies and gentlemen, this right here, what we're living right now is why we need sound money. Gold and silver are sound money. Aristotle listed four characteristics of sound money. It must be durable. In other words, it lasts. You can't degrade it or destroy it. It must be portable. You have to be able to carry it around. It must be divisible, and it must have some intrinsic value. Gold possesses all of these characteristics. Silver possesses all of these characteristics, which is why gold and silver have served as money for thousands of years. As gold money founder James Turk put it in an article that was published over at the Mises Wire, gold is nature's money. He wrote, every natural element with which the earth has been endowed has a usefulness, a purpose. If we listen to gold, its message is loud and clear. Gold is money. To serve as natural money is gold's highest purpose. Now, central bankers, government types, they spurn gold. 
You know, they make fun of people like me. They call me a gold bug. You know, we're living in the past, they say. We're just dumb rubes, unsophisticates, they say. They are the sophisticated ones. They understand modern banking and monetary theory. And they understand the reasons that 2% inflation is great. I'm just a big dum-dum over here talking on a podcast. But here's the reality. They don't like gold and silver as money because it takes away their power. They need fiat money that they can manipulate for their own purposes. Most importantly, they need to be able to create new money out of thin air in order to feed their appetite for spending. Because you see, that's the real issue. Controlling money is power. Their ability to create and spend money gives them power because they can buy stuff for you and give it to you and you'll follow them around like a little dog looking for a handout. The ability to control money is power. The ability to spend is power. The ability to create a giant military and war machine, that's power. And you need fiat currency in order to do this. You know, sometimes people will ask me, Mike, what government agency would you eliminate if you could eliminate just one? And I mean, honestly, that's a hard question because the list of government agencies I would do away with is long. But if I have to pick just one, it's the Federal Reserve because that is the engine that runs the biggest, most powerful government in the history of the world. The central bank's ability to create money allows the U.S. government to borrow and spend at will. Take away the Fed, the spending stops. Take away the Fed, there is no $31 trillion debt. You know, the bond market itself simply would not sustain this type of spending. Now, given that controlling money is power, it should not come as any shock that government people have been manipulating money for their own purposes for centuries. You know, back in the way back days, they used to actually trim gold coins, uh, and then they figured out they could actually mix gold with other metals to devalue the currency. There's less gold in the coin. Coin looks the same, but there's less gold in it, so it devalues the currency, gives them more gold to work with so they can expand the money supply. But, you know, Clipping coins and and mixing new alloys, that's a lot of work. That's why governments love paper money. Because you know what? All you got to do is fire up the printing press and whip out some more bills. So this is great for government people who want to expand their own power. It's not so great for the average person whose money is being devalued. Somehow, in all of these scenarios, the government people, the people with the power, they end up benefiting... And we're the ones that get screwed. You know, you hear about the 1%. And and, and I kind of get this. I think the people that were that were like the, the Occupy Wall Street people, I think they identified the problem. They don't identify the villain. The 1%, that's the government people, the bankers connected to the government people. It always comes back to the government people because they have power over you. They want power over you. They like having power over you. But idiots like Whoopi Goldberg... They want to blame everything else in the world except for the people who are doing to it. In fact, they want to give the government people more power to protect them, the very people that are harming them in the first place. George Mason put it perfectly. The laws making paper currency a legal tender have produced great 
and numerous evils. You experience that evil when you pull up to the gas pump or go to the grocery store. Whoopi wants you to think it's the greedy corporations that are doing it to you. No, it's the greedy frickin' government. So we need sound, stable money. Gold and silver fit that bill. In fact, I'm going to put a chart in the show notes page that shows the price of oil denominated in various currencies and also in gold. And when you look at that chart, you will find that an ounce of gold buys basically the same amount of oil today as it did 70 years ago. Now, of course, that's not true for euros or dollars or any of these other fiat currencies. It costs way more in those currencies to get oil, but that gold line is perfectly flat. Now, pricing other commodities in gold over time yields the same results. And if you price many consumer goods in gold, you'll often see the price falls because prices of goods and services naturally tend to fall over time as technology and innovation increase productivity. Inflated fiat currency obscures these productivity gains. You don't get the benefit of falling prices because they're increasing the cost by 2% on purpose by devaluing the money, increasing the money supply. You know, and then the government people, they come along and gaslight you and tell you that falling prices are somehow bad for you because, again, the reasons. The bottom line is gold and silver preserve purchasing power. And that is one of the key requisites of good money, right? Another important aspect of money is that it allows us to make good economic calculations. You know, we can compare prices and figure out how to best allocate resources, prices, profits, losses. These are all economic road signs that help us make good economic decisions. It helps us allocate resources in a more efficient and productive way. Interesting. During World War II, British civil defense workers turned around and moved street signs in order to confuse German troops in the event of an invasion. And the U.S. Army actually recommends this same tactic. In a 1978 manual titled Tactical Deception, Part 101, it says, change all traffic signs in the defensive area to confuse rapidly moving attack forces. Now, this makes sense, right? If you change or remove basic points of reference, it's certainly going to make it more difficult to navigate. You look at a map, it doesn't match up with what you're seeing on the signs, you get confused, you get lost. Prices serve as the street lines of the market system. They make the efficient allocation of resources possible. Economist Thomas Sowell explained the fundamental role of prices in his foundational book, Basic Economics. He wrote, each consumer, producer, retailer, landlord, or worker makes individual transactions with other individuals on whatever terms are mutually agreeable. Prices convey those terms, not just to the particular individuals immediately involved, but throughout the whole economic system and indeed throughout the world. If someone else, somewhere else, has a better product or a lower price for the same product, that fact gets conveyed and acted upon through prices without any elected official or planning commission having to issue orders to consumers or producers. Indeed, faster than any planners could assemble the information on which to base their orders. But when our money is out of whack, the whole system breaks down. Economic calculation is only possible when using a consistent 
unchanging unit of account to measure prices over time. Again, gold and silver fit that bill. They are not subject to decay or degradation, and because mining is hard, unlike running a printing press, the stock of gold increases at a modest and relatively steady pace. The average annual increase in above-ground gold stock over the last 529 years, 529 years is 1.2%. Since 1960, it's sped up a little bit because the technology of mining has increased. The average growth in the gold stock has been 1.8%, kind of going in a range between 1.4 to 2.2%. Now, compare that to the stock of dollars. Since 1960, money supply growth varied from a low of 1% in 1993 to a high of 19.1% in 2020. As a result, Quote, this inconsistency results in swings in the dollar stock that in turn causes volatility in prices expressed in dollars because there are not enough or too many dollars circulating relative to the prevailing level of economic activity. That was uh, James Turk again. So, economist Milton Friedman, he developed what is known as the K percent rule. And basically, in a nutshell, he postulated that the quantity of currency should increase by a constant percentage rate every single year, irrespective of bank credit cycles. So he was advocating for a stable monetary policy where you know you're not cranking up the printing press to here and today and then slowing it down, but you have this constant increase in dollars. Kind of the 2% inflation, and I would argue that Friedman was a little off the mark because I don't think that we need the government to control this at all. I think the market can control money just fine. But let's take this K rule at face value. If we have this constant increase rate over rate over year, Gold comes closer than any central bank-managed currency to fulfilling this rule. So if, if Friedman is right, this is what the central bank should be doing. They're clearly not. They're not going to because, again, controlling and manipulating the currency is power. They don't want to be hemmed in by rules. They don't want to be hemmed in by mining. They want to be able to expand the money supply whenever it suits them. Here's the bottom line. Gold and silver do not require management by central bankers and government people. And that's really the root of so many of our economic problems, right? We have quantitative easing, money printing, that creates all kinds of misallocations and malinvestments in the economy. It blows up all kinds of bubbles. And then we get inflation, so the, the wise managers have to try to tamp that down, raise interest rates, pop the bubbles, create massive economic crashes. The boom bust is primarily driven by money creation by the central bankers and the Fed, and they can do this because they have fiat money, fiat money that they can print out of thin air. As Turk put it, gold and silver impose discipline that prevents the money punch bowl from overflowing, which is a key factor explaining why gold preserves purchasing power over time. Why? Because government can't simply just create more of it on a whim. But, again, not surprising, politicians don't want discipline. They want to buy your votes. They want to buy power. So we're stuck with this fiat system, at least until it collapses. Because, you know, every fiat 
system in history has eventually collapsed. The good news is that you can have sound money. You can get gold and silver. And despite the general bearishness in the gold and silver markets right now, a lot of people are doing just that. In fact, demand for physical gold is actually robust. I wrote an article about this that's on shiftgold.com slash news uh, talking about a reason to be bullish, bullish about gold is the fact that we are seeing strong demand, both for gold and silver, in the physical market. And, and on Facebook, somebody asked me the question, well, Mike, if we have such great demand for gold, why is the price going down? And dude obviously didn't take the time to, A, read the article, and B, even read the headline, because we're talking about physical gold. People want metal. Yeah, in the paper market, Big institutional investors, they're selling off, especially every time they think interest rates are going to go up and the Fed is going to keep tightening. We've talked about this ad nauseum. But while institutional institutional investors are selling paper gold, somebody out there is buying and holding a lot of physical gold and silver. This is especially true in Asia and the Middle East, where we're beginning to really see a ramp up in demand. And of course, India, China have historically been the number one, well, China number one, India number two in terms of gold demand in the world. And we're starting to see that ramp back up. In fact, there has been a significant move in physical metal from west to east. Again, there's an article over at shiftgold.com slash news that I'll put on the show notes page that uh, talks about this and gives the data. Uh, And of course, we're also seeing uh, this large exodus of metal from comics vaults. And uh, our technical analyst, Tony, has been following the comics and writing about that. I'll post an article about that on the show notes page. So if, if you're wondering if there is a reason to be bullish for gold and silver, there is, because there are people that are buying physical gold and silver. And as one analyst put it, the physical market is really the real market, and it kind of gives you an indication of the, what the trends will be. So there is reason to be bullish, maybe not in the short term, maybe not in the next three to six months, but down the road, there's reason to be bullish for gold. And there are people out there that recognize this problem, this problem with fiat currency that is fundamental, that there is no way that the Fed can fix. They can paper over it, and they can kick the can down the road, and they can do all of this manipulation and and, and keep things going and Ponzi schemes and all this stuff that governments and, and monetary policy people do. They can do that for a while, but fundamentals always win. I say this all the time. Economics wins in the end. So watch that physical demand. And always remember that this fiat currency is doomed. This deluge of paper money, as Thomas Jefferson put it, is going to cause more problems and you can't solve them until you solve that fundamental problem of fiat currency. So if you want to have gold and silver, how do you do it? Well, you call Shift Gold, one 8 gold 160 or you email them, info at shiftgold.com, or you go to shiftgold.com, go to the main page, click on the tab that says Getting Started, and you can chat right there online with one of our precious metal specialists. They will talk to you about your portfolio, your investment goals, and look at how precious metals might fit into that scenario. So do that today. Again, one eight 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 gold 160 With that, it's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com slash news. 
You can subscribe to the Friday Gold Rep podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Links to all of that on the show notes page. You can email me, mmaharry at shiftgold.com. Love to hear from folks. And um, yeah, that's it. I'm going to go play a hockey tournament this weekend and hopefully not break my old arthritic hips. So I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend doing whatever it is that you do. And I will be back to talk to you again next Friday.